I'm going to go a little heavy uh, with you today um, with regard to with regards to the gospel of Jesus Christ. What what is it to preach the gospel? Really and truly, what is it? You know, I was raised where I would often um, hear that uh, God has done all that he can and that you and I, out of pity for God, are to trust his son. That is not the proclamation of the gospel. It is not. Uh, God doesn't need your pity. You need his. Now that's the gospel. That God must have pity and grace and mercy upon you. So preaching the gospel is not telling the congregation that God has set his love on each of them and that Christ has died for each of them. See, I think right now I want you to just please give me your attention because some of these things uh, you have heard most of your life. That God needs you. God doesn't need you. You need God. Now, if these assertions, if Christ died for everyone alike, then everyone must go to heaven. Just think about it. How many times have you been told that Christ died for you? Now, I'm not going to tell you that because I don't know that. Some of you are taking deep breaths right now. I can tell you that he died for sinners. And if you qualify, that's a good thing. If you're a sinner. I can tell you he came into the world to save sinners on a definite purpose. I can also tell you that he did save sinners on the tree of the cross because he said it's finished. He, he, he didn't try to save somebody outside of Jerusalem on that dark and dreary day. He saved his people from their sins. You say, well, you know, that was 2,000 years ago. I know, but in time, he brings those that he saved to a knowledge of himself. See, if you're sitting in here and you have no concern, absolutely none, you wish you weren't here, all you'd... All, all that's happened to you is you came over to Grace Centers because the court sent you there or you had no other place to go. You were homeless. You were hungry and great place to eat, really. We have a great chef, great kitchen, great food. Um, but that's not our main objective. Our main objective is discovering God's people that Christ died for. And the way you discover those that Christ died for on the tree of the cross is by preaching the gospel. And the Holy Spirit brings that truth home and you actually come to trust Christ alone. When I say trust Christ alone, that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about there in the Corinthian letter when he said, I've espoused you to one husband. To one, I'm jealous over you. I've espoused you to one husband. Have you come to believe 
that salvation of your soul and life is in Jesus Christ alone. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ alone? I hope you are. You see, the knowledge of being the object of God's eternal love and Christ's redeeming death belongs to the individual's assurance which cannot precede faith-saving exercise. Now let me break that down. That's what one of the old Puritans said. You need assurance? Then I would say this to you. Have you trusted Christ alone? You can't know that God in the person of his son died in your stead, room and place on Calvary unless you've trusted him completely. That is for the assurance of salvation. Say, so, well, I have no, you know, I really don't know whether, whether or not do you want to know? If you want to know that God has loved you with an everlasting love and chose you before the foundation of the world, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you hear what I'm saying? That the assurance, you know, we often, often preachers over the years that I've been in ministry, um, try to wholesale this message of the gospel. You know, Christ died for you. Uh, you don't you have some pity for him? He's try, trying to save you. Let me tell you, God never tries to do anything. See, you got the wrong God in your mind. He never tries or attempts to do. Whatever he wants to do is right and holy, and he does. He's always right in what he does. Say, so, well, I don't like that. Then you're wrong. You're just wrong. God is sovereign. Do you know this? God can save you or damn you and still be God. Still be holy and still be just. You don't want God, as I tell you, told you last Sunday, you don't want God to give you what you deserve. You need mercy and grace. So what is it to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? I think this to be of the utmost importance. You know, I often say to you how God has blessed this place. And I often remind you that God has blessed this place I believe, I, and, and this week reminded again, actually I was thinking that that house that we got on Fair Grove would probably, the guy would probably ask $60,000, $70,000. So we offered forty one. I hope he's not watching this. <laughs> he countered with forty four. We accepted. I consider that God's favor and God's mercy and God's grace. You see, my job here today is to display Christ. Just to display Christ. I've never saved anybody. Years ago when I was on radio in Kentucky, four radio programs and pastoring two little churches, smaller churches, I was up at the radio station in Lancaster, Kentucky, and a guy stumbled up to me, drunker than a skunk. And he goes, you saved me. And I said, you look like one of my converts. Because I don't do a very good job. But when God saves you, he's on the inside of you. 
you see, and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Neither you nor I have been called by the gospel to inquire after the purpose and intention of God's concerning the particular object of the death of Christ. Everyone being a, can be assured of this. If you trust him and him alone, thou shalt be saved. Now I want to make that clear. I'm not saying to you that Christ died for you and that God loves you. I don't preach that particular message. I do say this to you. If you're here and you have no concern, zip, you're in a tough place. I mean, you're in a bad spot. But if you're here and under deep condemnation, say, well, pastor, even what you said about abortion, you know, I've had three or four. You said that today. I also followed that up with there is forgiveness for that. Amen. So preaching of the gospel is a matter of proclaiming to men as truth from God that he has come to save poor sinners. Now, I want to give you four facts quickly here. Um, first fact, this is preaching the gospel. Fact number one, that all men are sinners. This is not difficult stuff, folks, unless you make it difficult. I'll tell you where it gets difficult that you have to keep the commandments to be saved. Well, there's 5,000 in the Old Testament. I hope you have memorized them all. If that's your position that you're going to keep the commandments, say, well, you know, the 12 commandments, the 10 commandments. <laughs> you don't even know them. I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I've been baptized. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Here's what... Preaching the gospel is telling all men that they're sinners and cannot save themselves. That's an important fact of the gospel. That all, everybody in here is a sinner and you are helpless to save yourself. You cannot do it. Preaching the gospel is telling men and women that Jesus Christ, God's son, is a perfect savior for sinners. He is a perfect savior for sinners, even the worst of sinners. I wonder if we have the worst of sinners in here today. Well, several hands went up. And I know those are converted hands because no one raises their hand to be the chief of sinners unless the spirit of God indwells them and they actually know what it means to be a sinner. Some of you have run the gamut in trespasses and sins. And you're sitting in here and you have no thought of you being a horrible person. I mean, you have done just about everything there is to do. But you're glad you found a place that would at least feed and clothe and shelter you. You're happy about that. But you don't like this church thing. You don't like being here. I, I, I guarantee you this. If that's your position today, you're not going to get much out of this. But if you're here and you're thinking to yourself, could God actually love me? Could God actually die in my room and God pay my debt at Calvary? And is God right now holding back those forces that would take my life and keep me from coming to Christ? Is, 
Is God doing that? And, and kind of there's a, a, a wonder thing going on in the inside of you as I'm preaching. And you're going, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's love? Died he for me? Oh, I tell you, if you're talking that way, you're his. Amen. Amen. Preaching the gospel is telling men that God the Father and Christ the Son have promised that all who know themselves to be sinners and put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior shall be received into favor and none can cast them out. That is good to know. See, some of you are still in a position because what you've heard all your life that you have to be good enough to go to heaven. That after you're converted, you have to hold out. You have to overcome. You can never relapse. You can never mess up. I can tell you right now, that's a fairy tale. That's a, that's a, that, that is insanity. And everybody in here knows who's been converted. You didn't last over 10 minutes. It wasn't long after you were converted that you were saying, was I really converted? Let me tell you this. The second thing that preaching the gospel is, is this. Is saying that Jesus Christ is perfect Savior. And the third thing is that God the Father and Christ the Son have promised to receive everyone who comes to them by faith. Trusting him and him alone. Don't come and be trusting your Catholic baptism. Or your denominationalism. Or your priest. Or the hierarchy of some church. Don't, don't come and trust Christ plus being a Baptist, a Catholic, a Methodist. You come to Christ alone. You know, I can tell you this. Miss Pam is the love of my life. I can tell you this. If I would go to her... You know, on a daily basis and go like that. You know, I just, I really love all women. I wouldn't float her boat. <laughs> Here's what I say to Christ. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my redemption. You are my everything. I have all my cookies in one basket. I'm trusting you and trusting you alone. So the... The old gospel, when you hear the old gospel, there is a new gospel. There is another gospel. The Apostle Paul talked to that in the, in the book of Galatians. You know, and, and I know uh, many of you have been raised in legalism. And after you came to Grace Gospel Fellowship, you were set free. Remember how horrible sometimes church was? What condemnation it wrought deep in your heart? I can remember many times sitting in church saying, well, I hope Jesus doesn't come right now because I got a mess going on. I'd have to face that. You remember all those stories about how, maybe you don't, maybe you never heard this, all those stories about how God's going to take his big projector and put your life story from the time you were saved. And then he's going to pass out yo-yos for those of you who did good things. I used to hear this quite often that uh, after you die, God's going to reward you according to your good works. 
And I keep looking for me to do one of those. It doesn't seem to happen. I am so glad that God not only predestined me to salvation, but also those things that would come out of me. He predestinated me to be pastor here. He, he predetermined things that are going on at, at Grace Centers of Hope. He works. You see, it's grace that puts you in the way. Grace that leads you along the way. And it's God's grace that takes you all the way. Otherwise, you wouldn't make it, nor neither would I. It's the work of grace. I wrote down here, the old gospel tells men that they need God, and not that God needs them. The old gospel does not exhort men to pity Christ, but announces that Christ has pitied them. Isn't that a great announcement? The new gospel has turned God's free mercy to sinners into a constitutional soft-heartedness on God's part, which men take for granted. Yes, you know, Pastor, uh, I know Christ died for everybody. God loves everybody. No, I'm, I'm afraid you had that wrong. You can't find that in the Bible. Christ dying for me belongs to my assurance as I believe on him. You have, you have no assurance that God loves you and that Christ died for you outside of complete, total faith in Jesus Christ. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. The new gospel turns the presentation of Christ into a degrading way as a baffled savior balked in what he hoped to do by human belief. You know, you know to save you, God's got to overcome your, your, your lack of faith. He's got to give you faith. So, oh yeah, I know. Oh, oh, you know, pastor, I know we're saved by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should vote. You know why you're a believer? God gave you faith. You had none. And when you wouldn't come to him, he came to you. Oh, this is gospel preaching. I, I feel good this morning. I feel good about what I'm saying. I'm, I'm rejoicing in this truth. That Christ loved me and gave himself for me and I have trusted him. And that's my assurance every day. Don't you mess up every day? Uh, I said, don't you mess up every day? Yeah, that's, that's a little better. You think about God didn't need you. You needed God. And so he came to you when you wouldn't come to him. Now, lastly, it's two minutes after 12. I want to bring my message to you. Here's, here's, here's what God has said. You think about this. You're a sinner and cannot save yourself. And here's what Christ says. Come unto me. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Who said that? Christ said that. You know, the God of the Bible is a, he's a condescender God. Oh, yeah. I mean, that he would even speak to us, you know, he had to condescend. You know, he has to come down to your level. I mean, why would God speak to you, crackhead? 
Why would God speak to you running around, whoring around? Why, why would God speak to you, drunkard a skunk? Why, why would a holy God? How does that work? Is God counting on you or is God count on himself? How wonderful it is and what a condescending thing it is for God to look you square in the eye and say, come to me. Come to me. This is, this is not the invitation of a weak, puny God, but a sovereign God who commands you to come to him. Isn't that something? Now. Not later. Right now. If you're here, I, I long for the day when sinners are in this place and know they're a sinner. And I read a text like there in Matthew 11. Come unto me all ye that labor heavy laden. And you jump up and run down this aisle. I want to confess Christ. I don't want to wait. Spirit and the bride say come. Let him that is a thirst come. When? Now. A sense of urgency. You see to the extent that you know your sinnership. To that extent, you know you need a Savior. And people who need a Savior become desperate people. Back in the, the days at Grace Baptist Church, there was an American Indian there. His name was Charlie Waldrop. And Charlie was such a good friend of mine. He loved to, he was always encouraging me. And wherever I was preaching within 100 miles, Charlie would show up. And Charlie would get happy too. Uh, Charlie, uh, as I preached the gospel of God's grace, Charlie would start to snort. Uh, like, kind of like a horse. <laughs> I, I know he was in the congregation. <laughs> and I, I would know his soul was being warmed with the good news of God's grace. And Charlie would shout. He'd scare people to death. Right in the middle of my message, he would let out a war hoop. Woo! <laughs> now, I know you're more sophisticated than that, and you're not used to that. But what if you got that happy? You know, the book of Galatians was uh, written primarily because they left the gospel. And when you leave the gospel, when you leave the gospel, you leave joy and peace and contentment and, and happiness you don't raise your hand. You don't rejoice anymore. You know, I remember, I remember when Baptists left the gospel back in my day. I remember when I heard more about rolling, roller skating was a sin. It looked like you were dancing. And you know dancing is a sin. Pool tables, playing cards. I never had a phys ed class in my life because you had to wear shorts. Never. Almost drowned because I'd never had swimming class. You get away from this, the simplicity that is in Christ. That's a single-mindedness. And I know you say this, and I, I, I know people say this. Uh, well, you know, if you've heard Clark, you've heard him. You're right. I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking, you know, this is all you preach. 
and I got happy. Yeah. I'm glad people accused me of that. That's not a bad thing. You just go right ahead and say that all you want. I'm going to rejoice in it. Because God only has one message. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father except you come smack dab through Jesus Christ. As a poor sinner, helpless and hopeless. And you know, I know in my soul that God has spoken to those of you who are converted today and you're rejoicing again in the knowledge that it's finished and that God has given you an invitation to come. And some of you today for the first time have heard the invitation and you go, well, what, what's that preacher asking me to do? You know, I've never been in a Protestant church or in a church exactly like this where they clap and, oh, by the way, in the old church, piano and organ was the only two instruments you used. And <laughs> yeah. And get those smiles off your faces too. <laughs> Being happy. And knowing who you are in Christ. You've been accepted. You're not being rejected. Some of you, some of us, well, I have that tendency too. How I can recall so much mess of my own. That's not God reminding you of your mess. So you messed up. Get up. You will get up too, if you're his. You start over again. You don't start as far back too. God's drawing you to himself and will keep up that work until he finishes it and we wake up in heaven. I want to encourage you today. If you're not and you have not, but you heard today, Christ died for sinners. That's what I am. I am a sinner. And, you know, I've been sprinkled. I've been ducked. I've been poured I've been a Catholic, a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian. I've, I've tried it all, and I got none the better. How about this? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and keep on believing. You know, I'm, I'm believing right now. Right now I am. I said, well, you know, I, I believe back yonder at the old church. Oh, I, I got up this morning thinking, I'm glad he's my Lord and Savior today. Because I need one. Anybody have any bad dreams last night? No, you don't have those. You ever noticed how you can even unconsciously dream bad things? It all just seems so natural. That's because it is. In my flesh dwells no good thing. I like to have those dreams where I'm in church preaching and the power of God's on that place in such a way and people are confessing faith in Christ. Wouldn't it be great if 30 people today profess faith in Jesus Christ? You became a soldier in the army of God, a believer in the Lord Jesus. Amen. That would be awesome. Has he spoke to you today? Come tell us about it.